I believe we can prevent heart attack. We can put in place strategies to reduce risk. We can literally plan to change your future. Welcome, my name is Dr. Warwick Bishop and I'm a cardiologist, an author, a keynote speaker and CEO of the Healthy Heart Network. I'm all about trying to help people live as well as possible for as long as possible and that includes heart attacks which impact Australia enormously. We're talking a heart attack almost every 10 minutes and over 20 people per day dying from a heart attack in Australia. That's on a backdrop of over 9 million people globally being impacted. The sad truth is many of these could have been averted if only we knew what to do. Well, this podcast is all about that. Weight, blood pressure, cholesterol, general health and driving in it health literacy. I'm on a mission to help not just prevent heart attack but improve general health on a global scale. If you enjoy this podcast, I would be honoured if you could give it a five-star review and share it with your family and friends. It may even lead to saving someone you love. Hi, my name is Dr. Warwick Bishop and welcome to my podcast and videocast station. And today I have a pleasure to share a conversation with Patrick Oxborough, a doctor, a dentist, and in fact, my own dentist who I know has an interest in teeth preventative strategies. Welcome, Patrick. Thanks very much, Mark. Look, Patrick, over the years, um, and I'll let everyone know that my teeth are in excellent condition, thank you to your input. Over the years, we've talked about the importance of heart disease and how that can tie in to uh, oral hygiene, teeth health and so forth. Would you like to speak to that for a moment for me, Patrick? Yeah, look, 100%. I think sometimes people tend to forget that just because we're working on teeth, teeth are connected to the rest of their body. I mean, the teeth have supporting tissues. We call that the periodontium. That's the gums that hold our teeth in, and that's all connected to our body. And so in general terms, uh, I think we can, we can talk generally and specifically about how teeth um, have an effect on the rest of the body. I mean, in general terms, it's quite common that my patients sometimes will see me more often than they will see their own doctors. And so we generally have an opportunity to assess their other medical conditions or sometimes diagnose medical conditions just by looking at their mouth or um, looking at uh, things. For example, I'll give you an example, um, bruxism, which is tooth grinding. Um, patients who are grinding their teeth um, often have um, issues with sleep apnea. And we know that sleep apnea sometimes has an influence in terms of another medical condition, which you know a lot about hypertension. So that's just a general example. Um, in specific terms, um, and probably the most widely investigated uh, relationship when we look at teeth and gums in relation to the rest of the body, we talk about gum diseases, or we call them periodontal diseases. And there's a lot of emerging evidence to show that patients who have the more severe types of gum disease often have, uh, and some of that has an association with other cardiovascular diseases, for example, things like heart attacks, um, hypertension, strokes, and things like that. So, yeah, there, there's, um, we, as dentists, we have an opportunity many, many times during the day to help patients with their medical health. 
So from my perspective as a cardiologist, there's a couple of areas that I'm particularly interested in. Obviously, one of them is when the bugs or the bacteria that are in the mouth actually get into the bloodstream and can sit on the valves. And that's called a bacterial endo, meaning inside carditis, which means inflammation of the heart or infection of the heart. Now, do you see people who would be at risk of bugs literally sneaking into the uh, bloodstream through those inflamed and uh, diseased gums? Yeah, we do. And so, again, uh, so there's different types of gum diseases. I mean, anybody who doesn't brush their teeth properly for 10 days will develop gingivitis, which means their gums are irritated. When the gums are irritated, you can, yes, you can shed bacteria very easily into your bloodstream. Even just eating and brushing your teeth will do it. Um, And again, the more severe uh, types of gum diseases can lead to more toxic showers of these bacteria into our bloodstream, which can lead to other conditions. So bacterial endocarditis is a very obvious association between bugs that we literally uh, identify on the valves of the heart that we know from the the mouth. And for those listening, the, um, the risk of that gets greater based on your gum disease, but also on any irregularity of the heart valve. So if you've got a sticky valve for whatever reason, and as Patrick says, you get a shower of bugs through the bloodstream, then that shower of bugs is more likely to stick on a valve that's damaged for some reason or another. So there's a very obvious link between a direct infection getting into the bloodstream, but what about the concepts around inflammation? You said there's more evidence around that. Uh, yeah. Tell me a bit about that, Patrick. There's been a lot of research for a long time to try and elucidate exactly what the relationship is between these more severe types of gum disease, so we call it again periodontitis. Periodontitis means that the gums are so badly damaged that you're actually losing the attachment of your teeth um, to your bones and your gum. The Various forms of periodontitis are caused by very toxic species of bacteria and the disease progresses because there's basically an inflammatory storm, a fight that goes on between the gums and these bacteria and in the the watershed of that, in the the collateral damage, there's tissue loss. These bacteria then, yeah, have been shown to turn up in, this this is your main area, the atherosclerotic plaques. And so you can demonstrate these bacteria, it has been shown these bacteria turn up in these plaques within the blood vessels. What isn't clear is exactly what the mechanisms are to how they cause damage or how they promote damage. Um, I guess the, the one, one description that I've read that's been given is um, the bacteria are the irritant and cause and drive the gum disease. They're probably helping to drive the inflammation that's causing these atherosclerotic plaques to develop and then potentially lead to heart attacks or major cardiac events um, in some individuals. So in my practice, just leading on from that, if I'm treating, and one of my special interests is the treatment of periodontitis, um, I get very concerned when I'm seeing patients who have got severe periodontal diseases. I look very carefully at their medical history, things like, you know, have they been to their doctor recently? Have they had their blood sugar checked? Are they under the care of a, 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 a um, cardiologist? Have they got risk in terms of hypertension in the background? And, and sometimes for some of those individuals, if I'm looking at them, if they've got more severe disease, I'm certainly going to push them to maybe get uh, more tests done perhaps with a cardiologist because I'd have concerns about them. 
Certainly, in my own experience, I had I have one particular patient who comes to mind who had recurrent atrial fibrillation, which is that irregular beat of the heart where the top chambers lose their synchronicity. And I'd been looking after her for a good number of years and we'd been adjusting drugs, et cetera, et cetera, and she kept coming back with issues until one day she literally came back and said, well, I think I'm fixed, Doc, and it's because I had my gums fixed. And up until that point, unbeknownst to me, she'd had severe uh periodontic disease and inflammation and she'd had that all cleaned up and almost overnight her atrial fibrillation went away now do, do you have any stories similar to that that you can relate because it, it was a great, uh, uh, I haven't been lucky enough to have any sort of really nice cause and effect ones like that I kind of had a little bit more probably on the negative side of things where I'd been treating somebody um, for periodontitis and he'd had it for some years and unfortunately, in very shortly after that, and probably not immediately after, but within a few months, he actually did have a major cardiac event and ended up having stents and, and all that sort of thing. So, again, it speaks to the fact that there's no direct evidence showing that if we treat periodontitis, you're automatically going to get these magic results. But the way I think about it is if you're treating these gum diseases, you're certainly, I think, taking away a big chunk of risk. And I think that going forward from here, and because it's such a keen area of research, we're going to find that we're going to get more protocols hopefully in place. But my view about the whole thing is that any, it, it, it kind of works both ways. So, I mean, yeah, if you guys are treating patients who have got these conditions, yeah, it's good to check off and say, well, are your gums okay? Because we know there's a major, very direct association between those two conditions. In fact, if we're looking to replace someone's valves, part of our workup is to make sure their teeth are in good condition. And, and there are times where we actually uh, undertake a full tooth extraction uh, with um, uh, dentures put in place to reduce the risk of a new valve being uh, seeded or infected by those bad gums. So it's a really, in that particular space, it's very important. Look, what I was going to ask you, and you may not be able to answer this, and it's a little bit again, on those edges of where we're observing things. But outside of the heart, do you see other uh, conditions within the body affected by gum disease? And I mean, things like arthritis, for example, or multiple sclerosis. And the reason I'm asking is many of the people listening to this will have heard lots of information about the gut microbiome and changes in the gut microbiome potentially having an impact on those sort of uh, other global uh, inflammatory type or immune type conditions. Do you, do you see, we've spoken mainly about the heart, but do you see that with other systems, Patrick? Yeah, well, again, like if we just come across to say, another well-researched area is actually with diabetes. Um, and so we know that there's this very direct relationship between diabetes and gum diseases again. Um, so, for example, if somebody's presenting with severe gum disease, that's one of the first things we'll look at, you know, what are their blood sugar control side. And we know that if we treat their gum disease, their diabetes, particularly not so much your diabetes type 1, but your type 2, you know, I guess we call that mature onset um, diabetes, um, that cohort of patients, if you treat their gum disease, their control will improve. Equally, if their diabetes control is not good, then it goes back the other way. So it kind of works in both directions. Um, 
I'd say there's probably less direct evidence in terms of, you know, if we treat gum diseases, do we get better results or do we have magic results with things like multiple sclerosis? There's not a lot of strong evidence for that. Um, but again, these are emerging fields. And I think that as our understanding of those diseases improves and our understanding of the inflammatory process, which underpins all of this, I mean, most of these diseases, these chronic diseases that we all suffer from are inflammatory diseases, periodontal diseases and inflammatory disease, then we'll have a better understanding of the relationships between these things. In simple terms, Patrick, when you're treating uh, this periodontal disease, uh what are your strategies? Is there a diet base? Does exercise help? Do you get people to floss or brush? And do you use antibiotics? What sort of is your approach there? All right. Um, the mainstay of periodontal therapy is to remove the bacterial irritants from around the tooth so that they're not then directly driving the inflammatory process. That's what we call scaling and replanning. Excuse me. <clears throat> so... The mainstay of treatment is always to debride or clean the teeth and remove those toxins. Then subsequently, I mean, there's, there's a number of other things we would then also do. So for example, wet, we would look at, make sure our patients have got proper um, blood sugar controllers. Is that an issue? And manage that. Um, smoking, obviously smoking is a massive driver for periodontal disease. That's another thing you'd look at. There's weak evidence for dietary changes. Um, the long-chain fatty acids have been shown to have a positive effect of reducing periodontal inflammation, but that's kind of about it. Um, presumably, so, sorry, Patrick, presumably sugary drinks are a, are a no-no, I would have thought. Or Sugary drinks, in, indirectly for periodontal diseases, sugary drinks are something that we tend to get worried about when we're treating tooth decay. Yeah, okay. It's kind of like a different axis. Um, yeah. They're very different axes, those two things. So the periodontal diseases, indirectly, we look at how, how sugary drinks affect that. Well, obviously, again, with blood sugar control. But then you've got confounding factors with the treatment of periodontitis in terms of things like um, obesity. So patients who are obese or overweight tend not to respond so well to periodontal treatment. And then, again, you, you see this, the same issue with other chronic diseases. So weight control would be a huge one. Um, so, yeah, again, there's a broad spectrum of things. There are, again, coming through looking at therapies, um, there's a cohort of patients that their inflammatory response in terms of their, their body's response to the periodontal, the bug pathogens, the bugs that are living around the teeth driving disease, they sometimes don't respond to the scaling and replaning, and you can improve their response, their healing response, by using antibiotics. So one antibiotic that's been, well, there's two, there's three different ones. Um, there's kind of the nuclear bomb effect, which is um, an antibiotic therapy that's still commonly used, and that's a combination of two different antibiotics. And that tends to be a very heavy hit for the patient because it pretty much kills nearly everything in their body. Um, and it's not something that I would favour. Um, and we use another antibiotic therapy, which is more, it is an antibiotic, but it has more of an anti-inflammatory effect. Um, and this is an antibiotic that's been used for many years in different parts of medicine, but that one's much more targeted and it seems to downregulate or reduce that inflammatory response locally in the gum tissues. And you often find you get much, much better healing responses. But again, 
as clinicians, we don't want to throw antibiotics around willy-nilly. And what we tend to do is use the mainstays, reevaluate and look at what the patient's response is. And then if needed, then sometimes bring in an adjunctive or an extra therapy. Are things like flossing and particular brushing techniques important as well, Patrick? Yeah, they're, they're essential. Um, I say this time and again to my patient groups, um, it's so obvious, even patients who have got the more severe types of gum diseases, once you treat them and you get them better, you keep them better by getting their cleaning routines 100% effective. Um, and what we're looking for is when we talk about how good is their cleaning routine, we can kind of score it. And we like to see them operating at a 90% plus efficiency. They get, every time they go into the bathroom every day, they get 90% of the plaque off. And if they do that, you, you see the difference immediately. And it's very different to those patients who never achieve those sorts of levels of care. And it's, it's not easy to do. And it's something we have to work really hard with our patients to achieve, but it's very satisfying when you see it. So my own, um, I, uh, I confess to this at the beginning, you are actually my dentist and uh, I'm, I don't think I'm the perfect patient, but I try pretty hard and I, yeah. I try and floss twice a week and I try and use that sort of narrow head brush yeah. twice a week and I use a, um, electric. A, an electric toothbrush. Yeah. And, I come, and for those listening, I actually go and see Patrick every six months just to make sure everything's um, on track because... Yeah. Uh, I, I just want to look after my teeth and know some of the knock-on effects. So for anyone listening, Patrick, is there any anything you would suggest to them different to that um, or over and above that that you think they should be aware of and mindful of in terms of their own uh, teeth and oral hygiene? I think one thing I'd say about that is, you know, the whole, you know, do you go to the dentist every six months thing, um, what I like to do with my patients, I mean, my patients are all private patients, they're all paid to come see me and you know, nobody else is paying for it except them. And I like them to get value out of what they're doing. What I like to do with my patients is assess their risk. So I have patients that come and see me at different intervals, for example. So somebody like yourself who's got, you know, probably moderate to low risk, um, I'm happy with you coming every six months because also that's what you want to do and I kind of work with that. I have other patients who, seriously, if I don't see them from one 12 months to the period to the next, because of their risk, I don't get too worried about it. Equally, I have patients who, if I don't see them every six weeks, they, they really don't do well. And so my intervals in terms of how often I see somebody would vary between six weeks and probably 12 months. Yeah. And it's tailor-made. So. Yeah. It's tailor-made to the individual. You know, the whole, um, you know, the whole six months, you go to the dentist every six months, I came out of a toothpaste commercial from the 1950s. And I'm not joking. So, uh, yeah, it, look, it, sometimes it works, okay? I mean, there's, there's good evidence to show that if somebody's got severe periodontitis and you scale their teeth every three months, you're going to get better control of their condition than if you don't do that. And that's got to do with how the bacteria carry on their activities. Um, so what I'm saying is that um, I think it's important for everybody to have contact with a dentist and to then have their, they should have their risk assessments done, as we all do as medical professionals. We always run risk assessments for each of our patients and then treat them accordingly. Well, look, I think that's fantastic advice. I'm going to wrap it up there. For anyone listening who's in the Hobart area and is interested in knowing where Patrick practices, he's out of uh, Battery Point Dental Practice. Uh, he's easy to find there. Look, it's 
I really appreciate sharing this um, with you, Patrick, because every time we catch up, we talk about hearts and teeth. And I, and I think this is a great opportunity for people to have a listen and, you know, really get that we, we don't deal with uh, organs in isolation. We deal with a whole person and everything's connected. Um, and I think you've really, you know, articulated that beautifully for us today. Look, uh, thank you again for sharing. Thanks very much, Warren. Uh, for those listening, if you have any queries or questions, drop me a note at uh, info at drorikbishop.online. Um, otherwise, thank you for listening and go and brush your teeth and floss regularly. Be in uh, close contact with your dentist. And uh, I'm going to hope you live as well as possible for as long as possible. Take care and bye for now. Did you know that coronary artery disease kills one in four people? So most of us are likely to carry some risk or know someone who does. If you're interested in finding out more about how to evaluate that risk, check out www.virtualheartcheck.com.au. It'll give you information about risk and what else can be done to be even more precise.